0: Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast,
1: where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be chatting about the MCU.
0: Yes, we are. I was trying to think of something clever, like, you know, because see you. I was like, I see you. I see you. But okay, I don't know. It, 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 did, it didn't work. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 came out this past weekend. Uh, we went to see it. We are recording this on Sunday. Um, so, we have the box office numbers. It did about, I think, 114 million, somewhere around there, which was a little bit more than what they were expecting, but it's kind of on the low end uh, of projections. So, they revised the numbers. I think we're saying about 110 is what it was looking like, and it did 114. So, uh, definitely on the low end um, for a Marvel movie. It's the worst opening for a Marvel movie that's kicking off the summer movie season. Wow. Um and it did worse than Guardians 2 which did 146 million uh its opening weekend. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness last year which kicked off summer movie season did 187 million, far uh down from that. And it was actually kind of in line with Ant-Man Mania that just came out a few months ago that did uh, a little bit over 100 million, but that really stalled out. I kind of feel like Guardians may do a little bit better overall, but definitely not Um, It's a decent opening, but definitely not as strong an opening. I think it's probably Marvel would hope for.
0: Well, I actually like, I think this is interesting because I feel like the early reports were pretty positive from what I've heard about, you know, Guardians and Quantumania did not have good reports. We actually haven't even seen it. So
1: yeah, I think that's why I think that's why um, I I anticipate Guardians Guardians doing better. better. Yeah. I mean, Quantumania, I don't think broke 500 million worldwide. Um, which is not great for a Marvel movie, but I feel like Guardians will do better than that. So, so yeah. So with that, and kind of, it seems to be lately. You know, there, there's been this chorus of Marvel's lost its way a little bit. You know, what could potentially be the problems? Um, we wanted to kind of talk through that and kind of tie in a little bit of our thoughts to to Guardians Volume Three. So, if you've not seen the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, there will be some spoilers. We'll try to alert you before those come up. We don't necessarily gonna dive super detailed in the movie, but I think there's some points um, from that movie that kind of tie into this larger discussion of what is maybe going on with the MCU here? Is it struggling like people are saying? And if it is, you know kind of where do they go you know from here? Um, I, I think I'll start with I do think they are struggling a bit I think, kind of again the the chorus of people saying that they're struggling maybe at first it wasn't true but i it's kind of almost a self-fulfilling prophecy because as you see from these box office numbers they're trending down which is not you know good in any way and i think the the first point that i want to start with and i think what a lot of people have been saying is their superhero fatigue and i think you have to kind of look at guardians of the galaxy's opening with that in mind because again Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness did $187 million last year around the same time. The second Guardians did almost $150 million. To your point, this had a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. I think it had decent reviews. I was excited to see it. We went out to see it opening weekend. I was expecting a bigger number. I think, again, initially, a lot of people were expecting a bigger number. Then projections got revised down. Now, Like I said, it did beat that a little bit. But $114 million is it necessarily you know, a great number for a Marvel movie? So I, I do think you have to start and really consider, is superhero fatigue a thing?
0: Yes. <laughs> and, I'm going to go ahead and answer that okay. one for you. So I have been watching, and again, I'm not a huge comic book person. I know there's a lot of people out there that will go out and they'll read the comics as soon as they find out what they're doing or they just read a lot of comics. But since I was a kid, you know, um, one of the first things, one of my... Big things that I remember was sitting down and watching the Dean Kane Superman show with my dad. And that was kind of our thing. And it was really special. So I kind of grew up with Superman being my favorite. And then when the MCU started, it's it switched over. And so we've been watching this stuff for a very long time. I mean, there was the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man movies. Like I feel like I've been immersed in superhero culture for a really long time, but with the MCU pumping out, you know, two-ish movies a year. And the storylines sort of, you know, sometimes feeling a bit repetitious at this point. Personally, when one of these movies comes out, when I used to be really excited about it, I am no longer excited because I feel like I know where they're going to be like be going. I know what they're going to be doing. Um, so I don't feel as as happy to go see these movies because I think that, again, like, I I feel like this, this song has been played before.
1: Yeah, and so I think that's my kind of counterpoint to this is, is there superhero fatigue because people are tired of seeing superhero movies, or is there superhero fatigue because they aren't making... The movies as good as they were before. so i I would kind of make the argument that people aren't necessarily tired of superhero movies. But to your point, and I think the last thing you said or or one of the last points you made was i've I've kind of heard this song before. I know where they're gonna go. i, I you kind of know the story beats and this has always been a knock of Marvel, and I think you know other superhero franchises as well. I mean, when when Fox um, was not with Disney, and even you know DC, the quality maybe wasn't always the best. Like you, they were somewhat predictable stories, and I think that that is maybe the reason why you're seeing this fatigue. So I don't necessarily think it's superhero fatigue that people are tired of superhero movies. I think it's a matter of they're tired of. Movies that aren't that good. So, I mean, if you look at the Rotten Tomato score of some of the recent MCU movies that have come out post Endgame, they are some of the lowest-rated movies out there. So, The Eternals was 32nd out of all of the MCU. <laughs> so that's below Age of Ultron. That's below some it, of the is, early movies. Is it?
0: Uh, is it below Thor: The Dark World?
1: I'm not sure on that. It, it might be because I because I feel like it has to be. Yeah,
0: because was, I enjoyed Thor. Thirty
1: two is pretty low.
0: I mean, it wasn't great, um, but I enjoyed it at four least. Four Love and Thunder.
1: Thirty. Uh, wait, do- wait, wait,
0: wait. Hang on. Was that lower than what you said? The Eternals was no. Eternals was
1: thirty two. So slightly higher. Oh than the Eternals, oh oh. Yeah. oh, oh, oh.
0: I was thinking low, or uh, the lower the number. No, no, no.
1: So this is the ranking of, yeah, yeah, of okay, all the MCU okay, movies. Okay, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which again did very well at the box office. It was twenty seventh. Now you have you do have some good ones. So Shang Chi was actually is the ninth uh, ranked ra- ra- movie. Uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is seventeenth. What? Yeah, really? That, which, which that... I think it's pretty good. That's up in kind of the top half. It's not as good as the the oh. first Black Panther, but
0: come on, um, though. Yeah, I, not... di- I highly disagree with that one because I that was actually probably one of my favorite MCU. That would probably be top tener for me.
1: Yeah, and that and that was a good one. I think that's a highlight. And then the most recent Guardians is nineteenth. So I, again, I think it comes down to you know looking at it, and, and to your point, some of these stories like they don't have much to them anymore like if you look at the early mcu and it, it to your point you know it was new so it was novel so obviously it was interesting but some of the early movies like you have um the winter soldier it was a like geopolitical thriller it was very uh tense and it had its own kind of genre to it where they and, and marvel did this early on where it was You know, kind of each movie maybe took on a a little bit different of a genre. There were actual character arcs and kind of emotional story beats to it. And the movies were somewhat self contained. Sure, they fed this overarching narrative that led up to the Avengers movies, but they still kind of wrapped up within their own thing. And now I feel like it's just nothing really happens at the start of the movie and at the end of the movie everybody's kind of in the same place. Sure, maybe the villain gets defeated, but the villain's really not, like you don't necessarily know a lot of their motivations in some of these movies. And at the end of the day, it seems like a lot of these are just setting up more movies versus actually trying to entertain you and kind of wrap up in in one story. And I think that's why people are fatigued with it. It's not that people just don't want to see superheroes. It's that these movies aren't what they used to be.
0: I also personally feel like I liked earlier versions of some of these characters and I don't like the direction that they're going in now. So I'll give you an example. Um, Spider-Man. So I love the very lighthearted, you know, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He's not like this very dark and nuanced and uh, like Peter Parker, like, um, oh my goodness, what's his name? Tobey Maguire. Yeah, that Tobey Maguire was. And so I really enjoyed I enjoyed that lighter heartedness. And then as the the Spider-Man movies have progressed... And again, I think they're all great. I really enjoy them. But at the same time, I don't like where that character is headed. Because now he is getting darker. And he is having more struggle. And again, that is more real life-like. And it definitely does give him a nice character arc. But I don't necessarily love where that's going. Same thing with Peter Quill. So if we're going to bring it back to Guardians of the Galaxy... Peter Quill started off as this kind of like, you know, very like kind of goofy, fun loving character. And then as these movies have progressed, he's lost Gamora. And we see him at the very beginning of this movie in a very raw state where he is upset and he misses her and he's, you know, drunk and um, not really doing very well. And that part, again, it's relatable, it's real life, it's realistic, but I miss that old, lighthearted Peter Quill.
1: Yeah, but I, I will I will kind of counter that, um, a couple of things. I mean, one, the most recent Spider-Man movie was probably the best Spider-Man movie they've ever Again, made. Again, I'm not saying
0: yeah. that I don't think it was a good movie. I'm saying I don't relate to or... Uh, the characters and like them as much where they're headed as I did originally.
1: Right. But I think the fact that these characters do have growth is what you look for in a movie. I mean, if you watch a movie and you're like, you know, there's no plot, the characters have no emotional arc. You're like, that was a terrible movie. Now, to your point, maybe you don't like personally where that character arc is taking them. Right. But I think, again, if you look at the most recent Spider-Man, some of the, some of the reasons why it was so good, I think was because, they did take risks. They did mm-hmm. have, yeah. I, I mean, they left Peter Parker with nobody at the end yeah. of that and there was real emotional impact. There were real consequences to his actions that actually mattered and uh, getting into, you know, Guardians 3 a little bit um, and and maybe some, you know, some spoilers here so if you haven't seen it again, maybe skip ahead a few minutes but that was one of the things I, I liked about it. Was it a perfect movie? No, but the actions had consequences, and at the end, the the story wrapped up. You know, it kind of was a self contained story, but the characters decided to to move on. I mean, Peter came back to Earth. Uh, Mantis left. Uh, Drax is working. Back with yeah, the Gamora, yeah, yeah. So, but it felt like their actions. It, it made sense. You know it, what they were kind of dealing with through the movie they worked through that and decided that was the best for them. And it wasn't, hey, we have to keep the Guardians of the Galaxy together because we need them in another movie down the road, so we have to have the Guardians. You know, they can come back and they can, you know, things can happen. Peter can come back. You know, they they can pull the team back together if they need to. But they they were willing to, again, let the story kind of dictate it. And where some of the movies, you know, like the Black Widow prequel that had no meaning to it because you kind of knew exactly what was going to happen. Black Widow's going to live. And it's like, it's kind of a pointless story.
0: So the thing with this movie that I found really difficult to deal with is the emotional stakes for me were too high because, um, I had a really, really hard time and I didn't realize it was like a super trigger for me, but I had a really hard time watching the flashbacks with Rocket with the animals. Um, because again, I mean, I you know you kept looking at me like you're you're like they're just they're not real and I'm like yeah but there is real animal testing that goes on. So as I'm watching this I'm thinking about like Pavlov's dogs for example and if you don't know anything about that you can look it up but like and that's just a very little example of things that humans have done to animals to sort of try to find answers to scientific things and so it reminded me very much of of that and so while I was watching it it was a story it was fiction I do care about Rocket, which another was another reason is I, I didn't want to see him suffer and be in pain and stuff, but also I was looking at it like an analogy of the animal testing industry, so it was tough.
1: I think that part, to your point, I know you didn't like it because it really hit home, but I think that kind of almost goes to show how well done it was and how well, mm-hmm. again, they took a CGI character in Rocket Raccoon and his friends were all CGI and brought so much emotion to them that yeah. you did connect to them and yeah. and and to your point you did you do connect to rocket and you don't want to see him in that state and it is tough to see his origin story which i thought mm-hmm. it was interesting it was it's a sequel but yet you get his origin and i thought overall that was that was really well done it it you you do connect, and there's some there's some things at the end that you know I, I don't want to get into to spoil it too much. Um, but really, really good emotional beats that like really hit you because of that build up throughout the movie.
0: And it does make sense too, with you know how emotional it was that they mentioned like in the earlier movies he wouldn't talk about his origins because it was very difficult. Like it was. I think out of all of the the superhero origin stories I think that is the hardest one that we've watched that I can at least recall because it was just so painful and again you know they made him this monster but um and then also took away his community so it, yeah it was it was very tough
1: it, it, it was very tough but on kind of the the flip side of that coin and what I think is kind of the the one of the pinnacles of what makes these movies great. We were talking a little bit about this beforehand, like Avengers infinity war and Endgame made some of the earlier movies better. Cause the way it tied in, I almost feel like now going back and seeing rocket, you're going to view him in a different light in some yeah. of those early movies. And it's going to be, even though that performance had already happened, knowing that backstory of him yeah. and some of that nuance and, and some of the you know interactions he had with Peter and the rest of the team, it's gonna hit differently and it's gonna make that better. And again, I think that's something that this Guardians movie did really well. And again, maybe Marvel can do it. And we kinda were talking about this, you know, maybe once they get to, you know, the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, it kind of ties some of this stuff up. Right. And, and it makes it better. But right now it seems like it's a little bit
0: floundering. Uh, yeah
1: for a lack of a better term. Well,
0: that's kind of where I want to head next is, you know, I don't know who the Marvel heroes are. So like a little kind of little story, um, girls crew, not a sponsor makes really cute earrings for women and, or whoever wants to wear them. But, um, they make really cool star Wars earrings. I have them. I love them. Well, they also make Marvel earrings and they just came out with like a bunch of A bunch of them they have Captain America ones they have Groot ones they have Spider-Man ones and as I'm looking at them I'm like oh man I would love to get a pair of these but I also don't know who out of these heroes is going to have staying power like I don't know who their heroes are anymore and I'm not entirely sure they know who their heroes are anymore going forward like they're in these awkward almost teenage years where they're trying to figure out who they are like they had really early success they did great and now they are sort of you know in this transition into adulthood and it's it's kind of like what kind of what what are we going where are we going from here and i as a consumer I'm struggling to kind of stay along for the ride almost. So, yeah, I I just, I don't know what you think about that, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting because I think what Marvel's going through now is the same thing that every other successful business in general, but like movie studio, television studio has gone through. And I think why Marvel has been looked on so well so far is because they did have a 10 plus year run mm-hmm. where they absolutely dominated. Pixar had a similar thing where every Pixar movie came out number one and then all of a sudden it didn't. They kind of got a little bit knocked off their path and then you started seeing, well, well what do we do? Do we just make Toy Story sequels? Do we make originals? And, and they weren't necessarily always number one in every movie. And now Pixar is still great, but I don't know that people look at them in the same way they did at you know the late 90s, early 2000s, where everything they were coming out with was an original story, absolutely perfect, uh, and it was great. And now it's like, oh, there's too many sequels. We want more originals. And, and Marvel, I think, is running into that. And I think you see that with everything. Like If you look at Star Wars and specifically what they're doing on Disney+, Plus. I love The Mandalorian. Mandalorian Mm -hmm. season one was great. I think everybody agrees that. But Mandalorian season three, not a lot happens in it. You know, it 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 kind of is this whole thing where the same thing Marvel's happening with is they're too. You almost get too big, and you get afraid to take risks. And so with the Mandalorian, again, they're trying to set up all of these other things. You know, they had Boba Fett, but then Mandalorian had to come in that. And that set up their season three. And now they're going to have a movie that's going to wrap it all up. And really, The Mandalorian season three, it had some good beats to it. But there was a lot of episodes where like, what's the point of this? And I think when you get like that, when you get so big and you get popular, you are afraid that I don't want to screw up. And I think the fact that when you, when you try to do that, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that you do kind of lose a little bit. Because those risks... And, you know, the interesting things you did when you took those risks or what made you successful in the beginning, but now when you're afraid to take those risks because you're trying to stay number one, it kind of hurts you. So to your point where they have all these different earrings and stuff out, they have all these superheroes, it's almost like, yeah, it's grown so big they don't necessarily know where to go and they're too afraid to commit to something because, well, if this goes wrong, now – we've just screwed up 10 movies because they're all interconnected and we have to you know, have 15 new superheroes come together. Um, and so they got to make sure everything works perfectly. And so because of that, they don't want to try anything new.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree with part of that, but I do think it's an imperfect comparison to compare it to the Mandalorian because I loved the season and I loved the involvement of Bo-Katan. I think it was great. And so I disagree with that part but this isn't a Star Wars podcast we're talking about Marvel so i'm going to move on but i just think that overall yeah i think that you know they are they are running a bit scared because they don't want to ruin what they have going and i i feel for them on that a little bit because you know it is really hard to be on the top and stay on the top and i think that maybe we were talking about this earlier, the hire, like hiring off of James Gunn to DC will probably be what the doctor ordered because I think that that's going to provide them with a bit more competition.
1: Yeah. That will be an interesting thing to see because I I think two things with that one, I think that's a a major loss to Marvel because James Gunn does a good job at creating interesting characters. I mean, Mm -hmm. they, they were, doing the press for this Guardians movie, Chris Pratt and James Gunn and they were asking them about the first Guardians movie in 2014. And I think Chris Pratt said something of like, "Yeah, we were the Z team." Like it wasn't even like the <laughs> C team characters. People were saying, "Why are you making the Z team uh, you know, superheroes into this movie?" And people really didn't think like, "Who are these Guardians? This is crazy." Yeah. And they made him really interesting because I think James Gunn does a good job of, again, finding the emotional connection, finding the interesting pieces of the team and kind of bringing them together. So I think not having him there is going to hurt.
0: Also, low expectations beget a lot of you know pleasant surprise, whereas with Marvel now, Every movie is high expectations. Yeah, so you can't good. exceed your high expectations, but you can exceed low expectations. Right.
1: But, but yeah, I mean, if you look at Guardians, I mean, a, a team with a Green Alien, a talking tree that only says <laughs> I'm Groot, and a talking raccoon doesn't sound like it's going to work. You're going to be like, what is going on? Yeah. But he made it work. So I, I do think losing him uh, will hurt. But I think the fact that he went to DC. I think is going to hurt as well because I think he is going to turn around the DC movie universe. Mm-hmm. And now I think where you're going with this is this might be what the doctor ordered is because right. The fact that now Marvel has some competition. Because up until this point, I mean, DC's put movies out, but I don't think anybody has said. They cannot
0: consistently do it. You know, Wonder Woman was amazing, but then the second one was not.
1: Right. And they're so, they keep changing. Are we going to have an interconnected universe? Aren't we going to have an interconnected universe? Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. Superman's not Henry Cavill. It is Henry Cavill. Now it's it's not. not Henry Cavill. So. I I think they were struggling with that. But I do think now with James Gunn over there, he wrote the Superman movie, which I'm very excited about. I think it's going to be really good. And I think he's going to do a good job of building some sort of connected universe. So to your point, it's kind of like with the the theme park wars with Universal pushes Disney to make them better. Um, I do think... It's going to hurt Marvel a little bit with having, you know, DC movies actually be good and actually real competition. But then ultimately, it may help them kind of focus on what's really important
0: here so that we can compete. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really... Excited about this because as James Gunn, as I've seen more and more of James Gunn, I think James Gunn gets a little bit more brazen with everything he puts out. So the first Guardians, I think he was a little bit more reined in. You had crude humor and things, which I can get into. But then as they've kind of gone on, you know, we he's done the Peacemaker show, um and he some, did the
1: Suicide Squad too over at um DC. Yeah, as
0: well. yeah. And so with those movies, I feel like every time that he puts something out, I I still like I've watched Peacemaker. There are lots lots of parts of Peacemaker that I really enjoy, but there are also parts where there's like an uncomfortable laugh or... Yeah, it's um, not always for everybody. Or, yeah. Sometimes yeah, he pushes like, it to the it edge is, there. It's a violent... Com- like, there's a violent comedy and that isn't my, my bag. Like, I... I feel like you know when I'm doing my escapist things in in you know joking around. I don't want anything coming too close to reality, and I think sometimes James Gunn plays with that line, and I don't like that. So I think that Marvel losing him that him is just probably positive in many ways because I think he's getting he's getting more like extroverted. Well, I will
1: that. I will say I mean Peacemaker, The Suicide Squad, those are both R rated. Yeah, sure. So it, you can obviously do very different things there than what but you're felt doing. But I like this movie, movie
0: was a little along those, I mean, again, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, like excessively violent, but again, with the subject matter, it was just, again, I, I know that I, it, it was very realistic. It, had, it, it, it was, hits yes. you. I, I think, It hit different.
1: Yeah. I think for you, and, and I think the reason why you maybe didn't like it as much, is kind of the same reason I did like it. And uh, again, some, some spoilers here. The backstory of this is you have the high evolutionary trying to you know perfect the perfect society. He's doing the experiments on rocket and the other animals, um, which again to your point kind of ties into animal testing, things that happen that people actually do to animals. And then you know towards the end of the movie, he basically kills everybody he created on a planet because he goes uh, they weren't good. Like he tried to create this perfect society, and at the end of the day, devolved into people selling drugs and. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like real life stuff and just kind of like how society like there's issues with it and his solution is, well, just kill everybody and we'll start again. Yeah. And, uh, and, and to your point, it was, it was very real. And when life imitates art, sometimes, um, sometimes it could be a little much and, and I'm with you, you know, it's, it's tough, but I do think in the same respect that it's, it's tough to kind of watch some of that sometimes that also does make you think a little bit and you can kind of see some of those issues through a different lens and and maybe create some conversations which I think can be um, a positive as well
0: right right yeah yeah it's just I don't know it's just an interesting thing and again I do find that sometimes when I go see to see a movie depending on what kind of mood I'm in it dictates what I think about the movie I mean but yeah yesterday you know that hit me um just like the brandishing of guns that also, and again, that's not anything new to the Marvel movies. But again, as I'm watching that, I'm like, it's almost glorifying it. And I feel so, you know, sometimes I feel like very anxious about that specifically being a teacher. It it makes me feel uncomfortable. So it just yesterday, that's how it hit me (laughs) again. I might watch it again, knowing all those things and be completely fine with it. But it just, yeah, it just felt really, it felt really weird, <laughs>
1: right? But it, and it made you think, and it didn't. It wasn't something where like it was as much of escapism as it could be.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna go a little off the rails here, and I swear it, it does relate though. But there is something to be said about. Things that make you, again, like very, very uncomfortable. So for example, years ago when I was in my master's program, I had to read a book called Defending Jacob. Now, it has been turned into an Apple Apple TV Plus show and how it relates is because our Chris boy Evans. Chris Evans plays, I, I believe he might, he, I'm assuming he plays the dad um, of Jacob. But that book, if you haven't read it and you want something that's going to make you feel very uncomfortable, but the subject matter is basically this guy who's a lawyer, her son is... Potentially, he's accused of murdering a girl. And so his dad is trying to kind of, you know, figure out whether or not he did it, defend him and things like that. And the book, again, in itself, of itself was so uncomfortable and I kind of hated it. But at the same time, I have I, I don't remember things very well. I remember that book very well. <laughs> like, I remember it pretty clearly. I remember the ending and everything. So I'd say it's successful art then because. It, it stuck with me. And this movie, I think, has that potential to kind of stick with me more than a lot of the other Marvel movies have.
1: Right. Well, if you want to see a movie that's not going to stick with you and you don't have to think about it at all, I would recommend the new Transformers movie coming out, <laughs> Rise of the Beast, because I'm pretty Which- sure that one's going to be... You do not have to pay attention. Pure escapism there. Well, I
0: will say, Joe this might be the only because there are animal transformers that you will be able to convince me to come back uh, into the fold and anthony I haven't ramos seen anthony ramos from hamilton's in it too. that is true that is true so i think i will come back into the fold for that movie because
1: i gotta say i gotta see I, this. yeah i'm excited i'm very that. confused about the timeline of this because it seems <laughs> to take place in listen the 80s or 90s which is before the first Transformers movie, <laughs> so I'm like, how did all this happen? But yet Transformers just came out. So I gotta go I see. I don't think this. Michael
0: Bay knows. He doesn't really. Pay attention I, yeah,
1: I don't even know. But again, <laughs> it's a movie that they don't want you to think about too much. So that's a good escape as a movie yeah. um, to go see. But I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad to hear that you're on board because yeah, I love I the Transformers movies.
0: Yeah, we got to There's a couple. There's a couple interesting. Uh, we have to see John Wick four. Uh, yes. we, have, we haven't seen that one yeah. either. So,
1: uh, But yeah, but so I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with James Gunn over at DC. Again, he's not going to be writing all of these movies. So to your point, like he's he's not going to be out there writing <laughs> every single movie. Wait a minute.
0: I have to just back up and say how I just talked about how uncomfortable violence makes me. And then I say, we have to go see
1: John Wick 4. I didn't want to bring that up. But, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I think it'll be interesting and I think it's going to push Marvel in a good direction. I think the last thing that is kind of hurting Marvel And I think that what they need to figure out is I think they need to figure out their distribution strategy. I think having streaming on Disney plus and Mm. theatrical releases, I don't think they have figured out the best way to push out their content. And some of what you were saying, what we've been talking about, of there's so many characters, they're kind of going through these growing pains, the multiverse, that saga is very difficult to explain. It's, it's very abstract. It's, so large that infinite universes create infinite opportunities, which which makes it hard to kind of really pin down what you want to do,
0: and 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 it also makes it hard because in Guardians they don't seem to be aware of the multiverse yes. at all. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, so
1: it <laughs> it's it's all very odd. So it, it seems strange, but I think. Doctor
0: Strange. Of, Doctor
1: Strange. Yeah, but I think part of the problem is—is is, yeah, I don't think they figure out how best to do this. And I think some of the things like Eternals, I think is a, is a great example. We talked about how that is one of the lowest-rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes in the MCU. That would have been a good series. Exactly. Th- that that is my point. Like the problem with that movie is they try to do an origin story on I don't even seven know how many Eternals. Characters? Yeah, I don't six know. or seven characters in one movie. And that would have been the perfect thing for Disney Plus. You have six or seven episodes, and each episode is. focuses on one character. Right. Is on one character. And then the eighth episode is like a wrap up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that that that's a great point. That would have worked really well because I think I would have been able to, again, I think that. I think the problem with some of these movies... And again, I had this problem early on in the MCU, too, where I felt like I didn't know the characters well enough to care about them. And then when they were all together, I didn't feel like they had got enough screen tra- time. And I did feel very much that way about The Eternals, where I didn't care what happened to them. They didn't make me care. And so because I didn't care, I couldn't invest in the movie and tapped out after an hour.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think you know it, it's hard when you're trying to introduce these characters. I think Disney Plus makes sense to introduce them. Because again people are probably tired of origin stories for Marvel movies yeah. um, because to your point, that is really something that like everybody's done. I mean, the origin story is like a trope that has been just done mm. over and over and over again. So that is going to make a little bit of a boring movie, but I think on Disney plus that's a good place to, to do it. I am really curious to see how the, the Marvel's the captain Marvel two movie yeah. does because you have two characters in that with miss Marvel and, Kamala Khan and Monica Rambo. I'm not sure of her superhero name, Um, but they both essentially had their origin stories on Disney, one in WandaVision and one in the Miss Marvel series. So the nice thing is that movie is going to be able to jump in. Mm -hmm. Hey, we know these characters. Maybe there'll, there'll be a little bit of a backstory real quick, just so people maybe didn't see those. But you'll be able to jump in and I think it's going to make the movie that much better because it's not going to have to lay this groundwork of a typical origin story and it's going to be more about how these characters interact and their powers are intertwined and what that means and you're going to be able to play off of the personalities and I think that's going to make for a much better story than if you would have had a Miss Marvel origin movie and then a team up with Captain Marvel later.
0: Yeah and I think that you know, those characters have kind of proven themselves to have very unique and different personalities. So I'm very interested to see them come together. And I think that it's going to make Captain Marvel cooler than she is because she definitely lacks something. Yeah, it
1: seems like she's going to be a little bit more lighthearted yeah, in this movie. Well, I so. see
0: like a Thor revamping almost with. That's her. a good
1: comparison. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because like I think I mean I loved the original. Because Brie Thor.
1: Larson, I mean, it could be a comedic oh, actor. Oh, she's great. I mean, She's yeah. in Community. Like she's she's done comedies and stuff. And it's kind of like Thor, where yeah, you know, they play the original Thor very Shakespearean, but mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth is like I, I can do comedy. I can you know be a little yeah. bit funny. And they you know they changed the tune. It worked really well in Ragnarok. Maybe went a little bit overboard in Love and Thunder. But yeah, I think if they hit it right, I think the Marvels could be really good.
0: Yeah, exactly. I agree.
1: But with that kind of being said, so I, I do think Disney Plus is a good place for these like origin stories. I do think even with that, they still struggle a little bit with how to do television shows because I think some of the series, and we've talked about this, there's a lot of fluff episodes in there because they're trying to get six or eight episodes where maybe some stuff doesn't really happen for two or three episodes. And you, you kind of get to this point where the you you don't view the series i think as highly as they should be because you have to kind of sit through these episodes and so i think what they're moving to and and they've done a couple of these so far with these specials so they're the guardians of the galaxy holiday special which was great which
0: was referenced also in the movie yeah
1: and it was great and it tied in really well and you also had um the werewolf by night
0: uh, special
1: which was really great and i think those are really the way to go. So I think you have origin stories on Disney Plus. I think is the way to go, but I think you do them as specials. I don't think we need six or eight episode series. I think you have a 45 minute to an hour special. That's like a mini movie. I think that helps you with pacing. You don't have fluff, like, like the Loki series. I love Loki, but there was two or three episodes where like nothing happened. And I feel like they need to work on that, of cutting that out and kind of really getting the pacing moving. And it, it will keep you interested and i think it'll make the, the the disney plus series better quality
0: so i agree and disagree with you on this one because i think that i agree with you on loki but i think loki the issues with loki could have been remedied if they had released them all at once and you could just kind of bend them um with ms marvel i found it a lot more lighthearted or or um She-Hulk, again, a lot more lighthearted. So when they had those side episodes, I enjoyed being with those characters enough that those side episodes you know, I just felt like I was getting to know them better and I didn't mind it. Like, I mean, a lot of shows do this, like Ted Lasso. We can point out, you know, oh, this episode has nothing to do with the main storyline. But again, you're getting to see those characters in different situations and they're sort of just, they're fun and interesting. So I I think I like that. I don't think every episode has to drive the whole overarching thing forward, but I do think that they don't, they could remedy that by doing, you know, release three at a time. Maybe they don't let you binge the whole thing but release three at a time so if they have episodes like that you know you could say all right well that you know nothing really happened there let's let's move on to the next one
1: yeah i think that that's a, a good point too of of drop more so you can see it but i i do think the specials are good because you could always do you know like she-hulk like have two specials like i have it more frequently because i think the other thing they're running into is okay we had she-hulk but when are we going to see She-Hulk again? Mm-hmm. It might be four years until... She-Hulk will
0: return. Yeah, I mean, but,
1: but when? You know, when, when is when is She-Hulk going to come back? So if you did, instead of doing um, a series that is three hours of She-Hulk, could you do a 45-minute special and then next year do another one? Or, you know, uh, two years... Like, and that or, way you have... You could still have those characters and build out that story, but you can come back to them more frequently so that that way they they um
0: like a bridge episode almost like you have a little bit of a bridge like a 45 minute tide over or something to say like this is kind of hinting toward what the next season is going to be about well
1: i'm just saying just just, yeah just have them if you did them as specials could you have them more frequently because again if you're trying to make a television show it seems like it's taking them two or three years to turn them out you know but between seasons and production and stuff like that when and
0: now there's a writer's strike so we don't even yeah know exactly when we're when, going to see gonna a hap- lot of these right. characters so, again
1: so yeah you're introducing all of these characters like Moon Knight and She-Hulk and and you, when are they going to come back it could be years and people are going to forget by then. I was going to say my problem yeah. with
0: that is again like yeah it's it's the forgetting part like when uh, there was a show what was the show on Netflix you know was, uh, Shadow and Bone
1: yeah Shadow okay and Bone,
0: so yeah. we watched the first season loved the first season I was really into it we started watching the second season and and I literally could not remember anything because it was probably, you know, two a years, years. I think yeah. we watched it maybe 2020. And so because it there was that disconnect and they didn't have like a nice at the beginning, you know, summary. I feel like that's so important for your viewer to give that, you know, take a couple minutes and go through the important parts of the first season so that you can bridge that gap and re- refresh everyone's memory. Because I don't need to I don't need to rewatch the whole series but i just need like little memory touch points so that it kind of just you know comes in and, and just helps me out a little bit.
1: Yeah, and so i think that's my point of if if they can do these specials and it means they can have them more frequently. You know, mm-hmm. so again, maybe break up that She-Hulk season into two 45-minute specials. So you have one you have one you sit down, you watch it. It's, you know, part of her origin story. Maybe ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger and then 6 months, a year down the road you, you see, one. you see the conclusion of that. It kind of propels the story forward. So that way, you know, if it's if she's going to be in a movie in three years, you kind of are seeing something from her every year.
0: So it's like the second and third parts of the Caribbean movie. So you, you get to the very well, end, and you're like, "Whoa, what?" No, what? but I, but I'm saying
1: continuing stories because again, if you look at the early MCU, there was an Iron Man movie, uh, a Captain America movie, every couple years you saw those characters yes, and, and yes. they focused on a few characters and you saw them a few times so you didn't have to get all of their personality. You didn't have to know all of the side characters right. at the beginning. You know, Captain America, you learned about Peggy in the first one. Then you learned about Bucky more as, as they grow and and Falcon and Because you had a movie every couple years, you could do that. And again, I think it's a struggle because, again, you're going to see She-Hulk. You're going to see Moon Knight. You you learn all the characters, and then five years down the road, they show up again and you go, who were these people? And I think they need to find a way on Disney Plus to have these characters, if they're going to use them, show up every year, every two years, so that people don't forget about them, but just have them in smaller sections so we can still learn about them but more frequently because I think it's going to get people to like the characters more, keep people more engaged, and then drive people to a movie where, again, these characters come together, but you, you already know them. You don't have to do all that heavy lifting in a $300 million movie of trying to explain who all these people are you can do it on a much smaller uh hopefully more inexpensive scale of Disney plus
0: yeah yeah that's what they did with Ms. Marvel so and I think that it worked well we got her origin story and now we're going to see her on the screen I think that that movie is going to be a really great tell of whether that model works and I think that I think it is like I think it it will work
1: yeah, that remains to be seen. That comes out in November, so we will see how that goes. All right, so that wraps up our show for this week. Again, kind of touching on... We think Marvel is... is Floundering a bit. Yeah, I don't know that it's lost its way. I don't oh, want to say SC. that... It, I don't want to well, <laughs> That comes out soon. Um, it does. Yeah, I, I don't think... I, I ultimately want to say that, hey, these movies are bad. Like, they're they're done for that like i don't think the mcu you know is going to survive here the, the next couple of years cuz they still make decent movies but i do think the quality and consistency has struggled a little bit and i think a lot of the reasons we touched on um, are some of the reasons so i think to your point there at the end it'll be interesting to see you know with the marvels with some of the the movies coming out in the next year or two if they can kind of right the ship here. So, all right. But that wraps up the show for this week. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps and we really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for letting us your ears.
1: Have a great week, everybody. and We'll see you here next Monday.
0: Bye-bye.